open up your Bibles this morning to the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew chapter 25. I need you to buckle your seatbelt. I need you to be prepared. This is going to be a series. I don't know how long it's going to last as long as God tells me to keep preaching it and breaking it down. Because I'm strictly sitting in his will in this moment. And I'm going to be very careful not to get too emotional as I preach this because last night I was trying to finalize this message and I had to leave the house because I needed some real focus time. And so I went to Starbucks, my favorite place away from home. Amen. And and I got my cup of coffee and I'm sitting at the table and I'm starting to write out some things, parts of this message because God was giving me new pieces of it. And I'm sitting there in the middle of Starbucks bawling my eyeballs out. And it was funny because then my older brother sends me a song via the text message, which was really weird for him to do this to me and sends me a song and said, listen to this. Then I get wrecked even more. And I'm like, God, what are you trying to do? You're trying to make a spectacle out of me in the middle of Starbucks. Nobody's going to want to come in here. They come in here to get a cup of coffee. And there's some grown dude sitting there bawling his eyeballs out in the middle of Starbucks. And I'm one of those unashamed criers. I don't hide it. If I'm going to cry, I'm going to cry. Just suck it up. I'm going to deal with it. And, and so I was just right in the moment. So I feel like God is all in this word. So I hope you're ready to receive it the way God's laid it in my heart. Are you ready this morning? The book of Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. If you got it, say, I got it. If you don't, say, help me, Jesus. Oh, that's a lot of help me, Jesus, in this room. I'm glad you can call on him. All right. The book of Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, it says this, and this is a scripture that most of us have heard, but I want to declare it to you this morning. It says, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Can I read it one more time just so you let it fall down into your spirit this morning? His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. And the church said, mm, that was funny, y'all. And the church said, amen. why are we amening? Because this is an exciting declaration over you. This is a pump moment. This is like, yes. But I have to say something. Because this is one of those scriptures that we as believers have been taught to desire to hear as we finish the race that God has set before us. The only time that this scripture has ever been declared in the church is what you should look forward to at the end of the race. But I'm here to declare to you that everything that that scripture said is not for the end of the race, but for the race you're in the middle of right now. Because as I began to read this, God began to deal with my heart that this, is, this has been listed as a statement of finality or completion. Almost a declaration of a job well done. But this morning, I need you to understand that the church has misrepresented and misinterpreted this scripture to put it to the end of life rather than in the middle of your existence. It has been taught and used as though we have to wait to hear these words. If I just live a good life, if I do my best, if I serve God, if I give my tithes and offerings, if I attend church, if I lift my hands in worship and unfold my arms in worship, if I, if I sing better than my neighbor next to me, if I serve in every area of the church, and when I'm finally done, then God will say to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. But what if I told you you could hear these words this week, today? Right now, what if I told you God is just waiting for the moment to declare it over you right now? 
God, y'all missing me this morning because here's what I've, I've learned. Yes, there is an eternal application to this scripture. But why do we have a tendency to take all of God's blessings, all of his declarations over our lives, and put a calendar on it as though his scriptures were meant for one day rather than right now? Come on, let's work with me for a second. In the church, this is how we operate. We operate in a one-day effect. One day God will do it. One day God will bless us. One day God will pour out his spirit. One day God will. One day, one day, one day. When's your one day going to show up? Because let me tell you what one day is. One day is a postponement to the movement of God now. One day says, God, hold up, I'm not ready. One day limits him. It doesn't limit you. But this is what we've been trained to do. We've been trained to wait for everything in eternity. Then if you really read your scripture, when the Bible says that heaven can come down to earth, when the Bible says you should see the hand of God in the land of the living, what is that talking about? It's talking about right now. What if I told you you don't have to wait to die to see heaven? You could see heaven now. Oh, no. You, see, people go, oh, Pastor, don't say that. Don't say that because that's just weird stuff. No, no, I got to wait. I got to wait. Here's the stupid part. It's like this. It's like dating a woman for five years and trying to abstain from sex and then being mad at God because you didn't last. Oh, don't, don't look at me like I'm stupid right now. Oh, no, I'm holy. I can wait. You liar. God created you to be to procreate and multiply. And then we get mad because, God, I just, I'm a failure in life. I couldn't last. I couldn't, couldn't make it. I just, God, I'm such a horrible sinner. No, you tempted God. Because you took the holy confines of holy matrimony, and then you put a calendar on it, and you said, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. But I'll dabble in the promised land. Y'all done messed up this morning. I, I, I'm taking the time limits off God. See, somebody, okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm gonna get, I, look, I'm, I'm going to say this to you. Don't get mad when I say this. This might empty the room. If you're looking at me, you've been to church a long time, and you're like, I don't like what he's saying, there's the door. Because I'm not in here to make you feel comfortable. I'm not in here to tickle your fancy or your religious fantasies. I'm here to tell you what the word of God says. And if you don't like it, don't get mad at me. Get to God. Get mad at the one who wrote the book. So let me help you with something. I, 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 just don't, I don't agree with that. 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 Then you don't agree with God. Because I'm not preaching my emotion. I'm preaching the word. Oh, I told you my second half of my life is going to be better than the first half. I told you this. I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to wait any longer. I'm not willing to put it off any longer. I'm, I want to walk in his declaration and promise over me now. I, I, in fact, I'm not going to wait. You might want to wait. You might want to go home and wait for it to trickle in. But I'm asking God to open up the windows of heaven, pour out the blessing. I'm not asking him for it to crack the window and let it trickle out and hopefully I get a little damp in the process. No. And can I just say this to you? That's the problem with church folk today. we got a bunch of damp Christians. Oh, see, it gets quiet in this Presbyterian church when I start throwing out one-liners. They're like, oh, I'm leaving now. No, no, a bunch of moist believers. Nobody wants to get under the spout. They just want to put their finger in it. Nope, 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 not for me yet. Nope, not yet. Nope, no, no, no. Pastor, can you turn it down a little bit? I just don't like it that way. I didn't turn the faucet on, Jack. He did. You just got to decide what you're going to get underneath it. And can I just give you one other situation? Stop going under the spout with your doggone umbrella open. Look, Pastor, I'm under the glory. Yeah, but it's not touching you. Look, Pastor, I'm under the presence. Of, no, it's not on you. Because you've tried to, 
I encourage my kids to play in the rain. I don't know about you. Hmm. I do. I do. They, Dad, can I go play in the rain? Go. Go. I remember when I was a kid, when this was back in the day. You know what I'm talking about? When it rained really good and the curb would get filled with water. You go sit in that curb with your toys and play in the street. That's what my mama let me do. Don't make her a bad parent. That was awesome. There was something about it. You just embraced the moments that you lived in rather than waiting and hoping that the rain would go away and the sun came out. The sun was not a dictator of whether you were pleased or not. You just go play in the rain. Okay, that's not even in my notes. <laughs> We've sat by long enough and said one day, not anymore. I'm ready to walk in the fullness of his word, which brings, which brings some of the most amazing promises in my life. Can I just say this to you? Stop living for eternity while missing out on the greatest moments in this. Oh, Pastor, I'm just waiting for this. We're in the end times. Can I, can I break your theological bubble? We've been in the end times since Jesus left the earth. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Look at history. Everything has been a marker. We have been in the end times since Jesus left the earth. Why do you think he sent the Holy Spirit? Hello. To comfort you through until he returns. Oh, we have to wait for this to happen. No, baby, it's been a process that we've been in. It's been a process for us to walk in. It's been a, it's not just a, it's, listen, can I say this? It's not a wonder to God that where we are, where we are in this moment right now. It's not a wonder to God that the world is doing what it's doing. It's not a wonder to God that there's social unrest. It's not a wonder to God that there's, that there's murder. It's not a wonder to God that there's uh, anti-godness. There's, it's not a wonder to God that Drew Brees gets attacked for saying, bring your Bible to school. It's not a wonder to God, but we go, oh, where's God gone? He's right there. He said this would happen. He said we'd turn on each other. We'd start worshiping ourselves more than we worship God. We would chase money more than the provider. We, uh, just stop living for eternity while missing out on the greatest moments of your life here on earth. You don't have to wait for the promises of God. You don't have to wait for the love of God. You don't have to wait for the miracles of God. You don't have to wait for the peace of God. You don't have to wait for the joy of the Lord. You can experience it right now. And I am not going to postpone God moving anymore. I told you I might not get through all this today. So go with me to verse 21 because I want to read it to you one more time. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. This morning I want to start us on a journey. And like I told you, I don't know how long it's going to last, but we're going to ride it till it's over. But there is a journey with an end in sight. A journey that leads us to experience heaven on earth. A journey that causes us to see the hand of God in the land of the living. A journey to a place that we can live now. A place called faithful. See, it gets quiet because our terminology and our definition of what faithful is has been messed up. Faithful doesn't mean full of faith. Faithful is not a condition of a person. Faithful is a place of, res of residing. It's a place of residence. But in order for you and I to come to this place, we must first understand the scriptures that lead us to this moment. So today, I'm only going to deal with two. So go with me back a few verses to verse 14, and I want to break this down for you. You ready for this? God, y'all better work with me this morning because I'm preaching better than you're talking. I'm just trying to help. We don't talk in church. That's the problem. You don't talk in church. The Bible says, like, fire shut up in my bones. You ever burnt yourself and just stayed quiet? I haven't. Amen. I don't go, ooh, that's 
Wow, that's ah, okay, okay. So it's, it's, it's this time. If the word gets in, let's get it out. All right, verse 14, you ready for this? It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Stop. Stop. Pastor, there's nothing there. It says, A man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Well, let me start by making this statement God has called you. God has called you. Oh, Pastor, he hadn't called me. You don't know my past. I'm glad you said that because whether you are perfect or not, spiritual or not, great or not, saved or not, holy or not, I didn't say he called you to ministry. I said he has called you. He has been calling you, and he won't stop calling you. He doesn't quit calling you. He is constantly calling you because his desire more than anything is not your production but your relationship with him. He doesn't care about whether you're perfect. He just cares whether or not you keep coming back. And for those of you that are super hyper-religious that think that you have to be perfect in the things of God, then please take every scripture that talks about David, pull it out of your Bible, and throw it in the trash. Because even in the midst of all of David's mistakes, the Bible still declares over David that he was a man after God's heart. I hate to break this to you, but there are no qualifications to being called. Do you understand? I was not qualified in the calling. Y'all missing this. God didn't call me when everything was good. He called me when I sat in a jail cell. And I'm not talking about a spiritual jail cell. No, I'm talking about a physical jail cell with murderers. That's where he spoke to me. Now, you're going to stand. I grew up in the church, but the church couldn't get my attention. Can I just say this sidebar side of my notes? The church doesn't call you. The church doesn't call you. God doesn't stop thinking you've got to be in perfect place for him to speak to you. You just have to be willing There are no qualifications to being called. It just needs a response. See, here's the thing. God has been calling you. He's still calling you. Still calling you by name. And all you have to say is yes. Do you understand that the yes is everything? See, we have been cultured and trained in the church that work is everything. That doing is everything. No, doing is the byproduct of the yes performance and production or whatever word you want to throw at is the byproduct of the yes. It is not a commitment but a covenant for me to God. My yes is not, oh yeah, I'll do it. No, because see, when I just say, oh yeah, I'll do it, I'll quit. Yes says I'm committed 110% until the end of this thing. And out of my yes births a greater desire to do and become greater in him. It's not performance or production. It's a simple response. All he wants is a yes. I love what James chapter 4 verse 8 in the, mer- in the message version says it this way. So let God work his will in you. Hello. So let God work his will in you. Not yours. His will in you. Yell aloud no to the devil. And watch him scamper. Can I let me break that down for you? All of us that are under attack, we say it's from the end because we haven't told the devil no. We just keep inviting him back in. And I love it says, it says yell at the enemy and tell him no. But all you have to do is say a quiet yes. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Can somebody in this place just say yes? It's a yes to hear what he thinks of you more than what you think of yourself. 
a yes to be willing to allow him to wipe off the pain of the past so that he can show you the promise of the present and the future. The promises he wants you to live in right now. It's a yes to his love that conquers everything in and around your life. Yes is not a statement that allows you to stand still, but one that moves you from where you are, where you've been, to a greater place in him. God has called you. Don't let performance anxiety keep you from understanding this. Well, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pray all week long. God's not calling me. See, see God, so when we say the word God called us, we, we think that it's like ministry. You know where ministry was birthed out of for me? Through relationship. I didn't wake up preaching from a pulpit. I didn't come out the womb with a mic in my hand. My relationship is what birthed the calling in me, was birthing the yes in me because I would spend time with him while I was a janitor. And let God just pour himself, let him deal with some spaces in my heart. He said, Brian, I'm going to make you a preacher. And can I just be honest with you? The first answer was, uh-uh. Not this boy. No, no. I'm good at behind the scenes. You're not putting me on a pulpit behind, behind a pulpit on a stage and looking at people in the face. No, 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 that's not me. God, I'll, be, I'll take everybody else. God says, no, I'm going to make you a preacher. No, hey, God, God, come on, you got jokes. <laughs> ha, 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 I'm getting punked. I got you. But the truth of it was that God was birthing it in me through relationship. This is the problem in the church, and this is systematically what I see in not only every denomination, but in the church rampantly as a whole is that we have been taught that the more we perform, the more God loves us. So truth be told, most believers live in fear of how much God loves us. How much does God love you? And if anything in your mind says, well, I haven't done everything I was supposed to do this week, then you have limited his love. You haven't understood it yet. You haven't found the value in it yet. And so you are stuck. And, and, and I, I, it, it, it says in Romans 5, chapter, chapter 5, verse 8, it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ. We all know that, right? Sending Christ to die for us when? While you were perfect. While you were great. While you were in church. While you were, yeah, paying your tithes. Yeah. He says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Now, this is not an open scripture for you to go and become a sinner again. But Christ died for me so I could be a sinner. He just knows my heart. No, that you, you've lost relationship. If my son willfully sins, if my son willfully goes against what I've asked him to do, if he willfully chooses to go against, then he has a heart condition that needs to be corrected. When you come into right relationship with the Father, you have no desire to hurt the Father. You have desire to please the Father. And how do you please the Father? Through your life. Okay. I'm just saying stop basing your relationship on what you have or have not done and understand that he has called and is calling you right now. All you have to do is say yes. So go back to verse 14 for me again. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. All right, you ready for this? For this illustration, I need three volunteers. Don't jump up out of your seat, just raise your hand. That's me, I'm going to raise my hand. Oh, see, I see y'all. Y'all like, yeah, he's going to give me something. Praise God, stop. Because we missed the scripture. 
says there, it says that the master gave the talent. No one raised their hands for the talent. It says he gave the talents, but how, according to what? What did he give them to? Come on, work with me. Put that scripture up for him. According to what? So he gave a talent or talents based on one's abilities. Now, here's the other problem in the church. Because we want to qualify people based on what we think their abilities are rather than the abilities that Christ has inherently birthed on the inside of them. <laughs> and I'm going to use this kind of as a sidebar. Uh, I, I just, I'm going to use this because, because, T.C., you don't have to stand up. But, but if you know T.C.'s story, he's the most unqualified in the room. See, I'll laugh. But you know what's funny? Social media for literally a month went off on him because he made a mistake. They blasted him. They blasted his parents. And can I just say this to you? What was funny to me was more church people than it was sin. Nah, see, see and, and the reason I'm doing it is not to call him out. It's not to use him as a spectacle, but to help you understand that in the church, we qualify people's abilities. Well, I, I could do that better. I'm better than them. I'm more holy than they are. Pastor, if you just knew their past. Jesus, I wish somebody would put a billboard up of your past on highway, on the interstate, so we could all see your dirty stuff. See, I would welcome that. I would think that would be great. For me, that would be awesome. I'm hoping somebody finds something I don't know. Go, go, go. Sidebar, sidebar. You, some of you have heard this, but sidebar. When, when years ago, we, we, we moved into a building on, on Highway 11, and, and the first Sunday, we, we, a vineyard church was there, and it was going out, and so we took over and moved their congregation to our congregation. The first Sunday I walk in, some of the former board members, one of the former board members, is sitting in the parking lot with pamphlets of my past. My mug shots, who I worked for, what I had done wrong, every time I'd been arrested, who, ah, blah, 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 blah. Showed up on Sunday morning while people are walking into church handing out pamphlets. Hey, I want to invite you to do it. If you feel like you need to do it for me, man, because here's the truth of it. You hating me only acknowledges the God in me. See, the more you, ah, he said, let God arise and his enemies be See, I didn't, when I came, they came to office, Pastor, you need to know somebody's out in the parking lot handing out pamphlets. Can you get me one? I'd like to read it. I'd like to know what's in it. Because maybe I'll find out something I don't know about me. Then I'll go, but, but then it was funny because they just left church. But, but this, is, this is that piece of it. So let's go back to Scripture. He says that he gave one, one, and another one, two, and another five. But he gave them according to his own ability. Let me give you what a talent was so you understand. A talent was made of silver. Majority of these things were, or yes, there was talents of gold. Talent was a unit of weight measurement uh, that declared value. Uh, there wasn't very many gold talents. There was more silver. That's how more currency was traded in those times. And so a talent was made of silver, weighed anywhere from 58 to 80 pounds. One talent weighed 58 to 80 pounds. The value of one talent was $6,000. The master came into the room and handed value to his servants. You're going to catch this one second. He placed value into his servants. It represented value and worth, but they did not choose their own wealth. Their master did. Can I just say this as a sidebar? If you're in Christ, you don't determine your value. He does. Please stop telling everybody how big you are. 
Don't tell me where you've been. Don't tell me who you worked for. Don't tell me. Listen, I could sit here this morning and tell you everybody I've worked for, every, every big room I've sat in, every big ministry I've talked to, every pastor that's in my cell phone that you'd be like, how the heck did Pastor Brian get that phone number? But you notice I never do it. You want to know why? Because that doesn't determine my value. Those were just open doors of ministry for me in the series of lifestyle, life of me growing up. But I stand in this moment because I am valued and worth in this moment. Can you just find your worth in the moment you're in? Stop trying to tell everybody what you're worth. Well, Pastor, I, you know, I came from this ministry and I did this and I did this. Nobody cares. You're here now. You're in this room now. Find your value now. Find your worth in this moment. Well, you know, I, I used to be a manager over here and now I'm just working. See, here's the problem. You started calling yourself a title rather than someone giving you a title. I'm trying to help. Stop chasing value. If I could just get here, if I could just have that title, if I could just do this. Let me, let me help you something. If I could just be a pastor, oh, I will try to convince you not to. Oh, but pastor, we should all be pastors. No, we shouldn't. Jesus, help us. Some of us can't even lead our own homes and we want to pastor a church. Like, I'm just being honest. You understand how much, how much spotlight I'm under? You understand how much ridicule I sit in? Because I choose to be a pastor? Because I choose to take this role? Because I choose to stand before you each and every week transparently and tell you when I make mistakes and when I do it right and when I do it wrong and be willing to have you scoff and look at me with your objective eyes? Yes, I'm going to say it because in the church sometimes I say things and y'all look at me and go. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if you're constipated or if I'm just giving you a moment. But let's just be honest for a second. The church decides value in people, and it is wrong. You don't declare. Listen, y'all could all walk out this door tomorrow, and I still got value. You could all walk out revolt. We're starting our own church. Go, start it. I'll pray for you. Pray, praise the Lord. Because the truth of the matter at the end of the day, my value is not found in people or the amount of people in a room or whether or not we have nice chairs or we have nice facilities or no my value is found in the relationship that i carry with the father and it is through that that he gives me worth so 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 so, so let me do it this way uh I, i'm gonna pick the three because i want to pick the three because i'm the pastor and in this moment i'm gonna pick it So, Peter, come here. You knew I was going to call you, so go ahead, come on. Sean, Sean, come here. Papa, come here. Okay, now watch. Watch what I tell you. Because I know, I know the history and I know the livelihoods of the both, all three of you. Let me, I'm going to kind of put this in order. Papa, you stand here. Sean, you stand here. Peter, you stand right here. Now, I'm, the reason I'm putting this order is not to create a space or not to create um, lack of validation. But let's be honest, this is new to you. You've been in this for a minute. You've been in this for a lifetime. <laughs> right? Got it? Everybody good so far, right? Everybody good so far. Now, let me help you something. Oh, well, Peter just doesn't understand. He's, he's, still, he's still working on the Lord. Well, that's the great part because truth be told, I don't have silver, but I do have hundreds. The Bible says to one, 
gave five. And to one, he gave two. And to one, he gave one. Now, before you pocket that and start playing around, <laughs> I will be receiving that back at the end of this message. Amen. Okay. So, so, let, let, so let me say this to you. Now, stay right there where you are. Some of you are going, wait a minute. Ralph has been in this forever. He only got one. Why would you give Peter five? He's new to this. He's going to squander it. That's the church. And it says the master saw the ability. He didn't see the churchdom. He didn't see, he didn't see the, 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 the fake masquerading of most believers in churches today. He didn't see uh, 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 whether Peter lifted his hands or not or, or, or prayed seven times this week. Or No, no, he knew the ability on the inside of him, and so he trusted Peter, even though the world might not have trusted Peter, even though the world might not have seen his ability. He looked at Peter and said, Peter, you know what? I'm going to give you the five talents. Why? Because I can trust you with the five talents. But, but why would you only give Sean two? And, and Papa, of all people, why would you just give him one? Because everything in this life is a lesson to help us go to another level in him. Y'all just, just stay right here. Just hold on to that money. I know it feels good. Amen. It felt good while I was in the envelope. Now that it's gone, I'm going, oh, God, help. Okay. So, so, so it, it, I, I'm going to try to get this. Y'all just stay. I know it's weird under the lights, but nobody, you can't see them, so they can't see you. All right. Good. Um, can I just say this? In order to be called faithful, we must be willing to accept what he gives us and where he places us. But some of you think I got it wrong. Some of you go, no, 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 no. Okay, 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 okay. You would change this you because you think someone's more deserving. I'm glad that God doesn't do the same thing to you. Some of you might think that one of these up here is greater than the other. You should have given him more talents. Well, why didn't he pick me? Why didn't he pick me? I want the $500. Do you know what I could do with $500? Yes, I could go spend it. Amen. Here's the problem in the church. Most of us want gifts from God based on what we can do for ourselves rather than what we can do for him. See, the moment I put cash in somebody's hand, everybody starts thinking about what they're going to go buy or pay off. Rather than understanding that the master gives value because he sees greatness on the inside and knows that with what he's given them, they'll go out and do greater. That's how God operates. God doesn't give you something so you can squander it on yourself. God gives you something so that you can expand his kingdom. Stay here. We're almost done. I'm going to let you go down in just a second. Okay. But I need you not to miss it because it says here, it says in verse, in, in verse 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own what? Called his own what? Called his own what? Uh, and delivered his goods to them. God is not looking for value or worth. He's looking for a servant's heart. See, see, here's the truth. Okay, 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 okay. Just, just stay here for a second. You know what I like? I'm just going to be honest with you. I like it when I don't have to ask people to do things. They just do it. It's kind of like this. A couple weeks ago, I said it's Serve Sunday. And this is not for anybody else standing up here. This is just, I just need to say it. I didn't find out until later. He didn't come tell me. I said, man, Kids Church, that's a barrier, man. That's, that's, that's a struggle. Every week it's a struggle. Volunteers are struggling in Kids Church. Sean goes and finds Pastor Susan. Sean. See, because I'm pastor, amen. All right, my house, all right, no, I'm just kidding. God, I'm just kidding, it was just a joke, it was just your house, okay. She goes, pastor, you're never going to guess. I said, what? Sean came to me, said he wants to help with kids. Sean didn't come to me, pastor. Hey, look at that dude. 
<laughs> I went to Alpaca City, and I'm going to help with the kids because you need to help with the kids. That's not what he did. He went away from me and volunteered and decided with a servant's heart, I'll help. Do you understand that a servant's heart is what creates value, not your showing up in attendance in church? Okay, okay, I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. All right, hold on, almost done, I'm going to sit you down. Okay, promise. Peter's going, please, Jesus, help. <laughs> not one that will serve their own agendas and time frames, but serve his purpose in the earth. Value is not determined by the hierarchy of churchdom or the amount of time one has been in church. It is determined by the condition of one's heart. He is looking for a servant's heart. Now, let me help you with something. A servant's heart is not you working in your gifts. It's working outside of your gifts. Oh, it just got dirty in here. Servanthood is not me preaching from the pulpit. Servanthood is me grabbing a toilet brush and scrubbing toilets. That's servanthood. Servanthood is doing the less, the most least likely thing that you've been asked to do and taking the responsibility without anyone asking you to do it. This is the problem in the church today. And the wonder faithful is not a place that we live is because the church lacks servanthood. Unfortunately, the church is full of hoarding. Give me mine so I can go home to mine, so I can come back with mine. Pastor Robert and I talk about this all the time. We talk about this is an element that is missing in the church, true servanthood. Okay, I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to give you another one just real quick. And I'm not trying to pull people out, but I'm just going to use them because that's what I like to do. They don't even know I'm going to do this right now. We set up every Sunday morning for the volunteers that are coming into church. We have a table full of breakfast and drinks and coffee and stuff. And don't show up here because you didn't eat breakfast. Show up here because you're a servant. Amen. That's why we put it out there. And, and, and so yesterday, Pastor Janelle is over hospitality. And, and Pam and Don called Pastor Janelle and said, can we come set up the table? You go, that's not a big deal. Yes, it is. Because most people wait for someone else to tell them to do it rather than just take the initiative to do it. And so I sit in the room right now and I honor the servant heart in a person because it is a desire to do greater and to do more. Not, not because God's going to love us more, but because out of the relationship, I have a greater desire. And see, that's when God starts blessing. Yeah. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. I keep telling you I'm almost done because Peter keeps looking at me. You know? <laughs> All right. Amen. I do it every Sunday. Amen. Now you know how I feel. Man. Now, you know, you really don't want to go to hell. Amen. All right. <laughs> no, I'm just being honest, man. You want to. Yeah, okay. Amen. Don't get caught up in how much God's given you. Get excited that he calls you able. Get excited when God picks one. Because your heart in the matter determines whether you get picked next. Oh, watch this. Because, because. Ah, Pastor, why didn't you pick me for the five? I, you know, I'm better than Peter. See, I'm, I'm, I mean, Peter, that's a lot of paintball right there, bro. Uh, I, I'm, 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 see, that's an inside joke. You'll be fine. You'll never get it. Except for the three on the front row. They're like, ah! Okay, Here, here's the truth. Here's the truth. Watch, 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 watch. I'm better than Peter. I've been in church longer. I got to say this. Peter, we talked about it. It's one of the things that kept you at the church is church people. Amen. And all the church went, oh, God. Can, can I be honest with you? The church has stopped growing, not because God's not moving, but because the church has strangled the growth. God moved. Don't move in them. 
God, come have your way. Don't touch them, though. They need to stay in their sin. So we have someone to talk about. Look, I told you, I'm not here to tickle you this morning. Amen. I told you, best about, second half of my life going to be the best part of my life, baby. Okay, so here's the truth of it. Peter's got five talents. What do you think he's going to do with it? Watch this. By show of hands, how many of you really know Peter? Hey, look, Bethany goes, he's going to give that to his wife. Amen. <laughs> the, I, read a, I read a scripture that says, it says, yell at the devil, no. And tell God quietly, yes. So I'm just, that God gave you those talents. She got to get her own. Amen. Okay. That wasn't a pick. Bethany and I, we're good. There's all love here. Uh, you can come to my house. It's okay. You can come to my house. Okay. okay. We'll watch football on my couch. Amen. You can bring that five hundred dollars to my house. Amen. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> All right. So listen, listen. No, listen. Truth be told, is is that we go, we go. Well, well, what's he gonna do with it? Can, can I just say this to you? Can, can this is this gets weird. This gets weird. You know how many times I've taken up tithe and offering, and I've caught people following to see where the tithe and offering goes after it leaves this room. <laughs> y'all don't know. Y'all, y'all don't know. Kirk will tell you. There was one Sunday in here I preached a sermon with a casket. I had them walk the casket out the room, and I talked about all the dead things that needed to die. People followed the casket like they were dying. (laughs) Don't take it, Pastor. Don't. Jesus, stop. Here's the truth of it. Aren't you glad that it is not up to people to decide God's trustfulness in you? Aren't you glad that God is not, is not going and consulting with your neighbor? Let me. Th- aren't you glad God's not consulting with your spouse? Because there are times I know my wife would have been like, uh-uh, not him. Because I did something wrong. Don't, he's not ready yet, God. He's not worthy. Don't come on, work with me for a second. We've all made mistakes. Peter's made mistakes, true. Sean, you made some mistakes. Papa, have you made any mistakes? Okay, say praise God. And everybody in the room can breathe now because he's not even the holiest of holies. Amen. But, but it's amazing how we'll value someone based on appearance, based on a look, based on dress attire, based on a tattoo. Blake, come here. Come here, baby. You know you always, when you walk in this house, you're going to be a part of my illustration. So first of all, let me, let, me, let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. You don't know this. You don't know this because most of y'all don't even know this guy. This boy here can preach. You have no idea. I've, li- I've heard this boy preach. He can throw down. Okay? But the tattoos might fool you. Oh, he's not holy. He's not holy. Blake, you're not holy. You got tattoos. You're going to hell. <laughs> Mr. Usher, you can sit me anywhere in the church. Oh, except that row. Did you know the person sitting next to you is an ex-somebody? An ex-so-and-so? An ex-something? You're an ex-something. I remember one time once you... <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Years ago, I was preaching a message, and I used handcuffs. Remember this one? <laughs> and I went, Blake, come here. I need you. He goes, nope. <laughs> and they were like cheap children cuffs. He's like, uh-uh. I said, why? Well, he goes, nope. 
and I asked him, I said, why? He goes, too close, too close. <laughs> I feel you. I'm with you. I got you. Okay. But, but what's amazing to me is that what we do in the church today is that we assume one's faithfulness based on appearance rather than knowing the content of one's heart. This is why I always go against social media because social media has broken down the desire to get to know people. We just get to see people and make our assumptions about them and decide whether or not we'll befriend them or unfriend them rather than sitting down having a cup of coffee and getting to know a person because I'm going to tell you something. I love this guy and I love to talk to him and I love to hear what's happening in his life and I want to get to know him. I love this guy. I love this guy and you know I, I not only have to love this guy but I do love this guy. Okay. And, and, and so in the grand scheme of this is that why is it that we deem everybody's value based on what we think rather than what God's declared over them? All right, y'all can go sit down. Give me your money back. <laughs> Sean, slow down. Okay, now listen, listen. You're going to have to come back next week to hear what happens with this money. Okay, amen. So y'all going to have to be in church. Those of you who stood up this morning, don't be missing church next week. Because I'm just kidding. I'm just, I get it. Okay. Let, let, let me say this to you real quick. I, I, you get anything out of this so far? Okay, I'm trying to help you. Because, because so many times we go, God, I want to hear this. But we've got to understand that there are prerequisites to hearing those words, to hearing those declarations. And there are things that God's desiring out of you. The first one is to say yes. Just say yes. Stop arguing. Stop trying to convince God that what he speaks over you is wrong. God, you picked the wrong person. Because I did it for years. I started pastoring when I was 30. It's unheard of. Back then, it was unheard of. Now, today, in the culture, there's a lot of young preachers in the church today. But when I started the church at 30, it was taboo. I mean, who are you going to preach to? Everybody's older than you. Who's going to listen to you? You're just a kid. You just turned 30 and you're launching a church. Are you stupid? I used to sit in my rooms and go, God, I not this kid. I got some junk. I'm going to say something that's going to sound really crazy. This morning I was ironing my shirt. Iron my own clothes, amen. And, uh, and and my mama taught me well, she did. And and I was sitting there, and I, for some reason, while I was ironing the shirt, I was replaying. Don't ask me where it came from. In my head, I was replaying every lie I ever told. Which, if you know me, I was there for a minute. Say, God, if everybody knew how bad if everyone knew every lie I told, I would have hurt masses of people. And this is what I heard God say to me. He said, aren't you glad that in the midst of all of that, all I told you to do was come to me, all you that are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest? He said, all I ever ask you to do is come talk to me. Come to me. Not perfect. But come to me. And I'll take care of you in the midst of but the Bible says to confess your sins one to another. That is not an obligation 
that we have to have in order to pull ourselves out of the depths of despair, that if we do not confess our sins one to another, that we'll go to hell, because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says those who receive Christ and believe in him, those will be saved and endure till the end. Those will be saved. It doesn't say anything about that if I make a mistake, that I have to go in and I have to get, I have to get a reprieve or a... Uh, release uh, 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 what, do, what do you call that uh, uh, when you're in jail and the, and the judge to a pardon I don't have to get a pardon from my wife to make it to heaven I don't have to get a pardon from my mom I don't have to get a pardon from my dad I don't have to get a pardon from you I, I have to go to God and in God God will deal with my heart to make it right with the people but when we've been cultured that if you don't go and get it deal with it with them, then God, no, it says when you've offended your brother, you go to your brother. But you go to him and let you deal with, let him deal with your heart. See, we, we've twisted this all up. And we all go, God, I want to hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with the little. I'll make you ruler over much. Enter into the joy of the Lord God. So I got to fix everything right now. No. Just have to be willing to be a servant. You have to be willing to say yes. That's the first two steps to hearing those words. I'm going to tell you where I'm at. And, and I, uh, my, I've had about three of these moments in my history of being a pastor. My theology is getting so checked right now, it's not even funny. You understand that I have lived my life in fear of failing God. There have been moments of my life that I have legitimately thought that God was disgusted with me. And I've had preachers stand in pulpits and tell me the same thing. I've had pastors sit in rooms with me and tell me those things to my face. And I am learning today, in this moment, that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can separate me from his love. What I didn't realize is that I thought God forgot about me as a kid. You're not going to call me. But now I'm realizing at 41 that at the age of six, God started speaking to me. It took me till I was 20 to say yes. That was step one. Not yes to being perfect, not yes to being great, just yes. Where you'll lead, I'll follow God, yes. I might not understand all the time, but yes. Brian, I want you to turn left. Yes. Brian, I want you to turn right. Yes. Brian, I want you to jump up. Yes. Brian, I want you to squat down. Yes. Brian, I want you to be mine and I, me to be yours. Yes. I want you to give up on every other thing, every desire that you have because I want to birth a greater desire in you. Yes. I want you to go through a season where you are willing to be single the rest of your life. So that I can show you what I've made for you 
rather than what you kept trying to pick up. To think that my yes put me in alignment to walk into a salon to see Tiffany cutting hair who didn't know me, who I thought was hot as all get out. <laughs> to bring me into a salon. Yes, I'm, I have hair, diva hair, okay. And, and, and to walk into a salon and to get a haircut and, and to have someone who doesn't know me but knows who I am, what I do for a living, want to introduce me to this young lady. To go through Katrina thinking nothing will ever happen and then all of a sudden a phone call happens and then we go on a date and then, then we don't go on dates and we walk away from each other and she tells me, I just don't know if I want to do this. And I said to her, and I had to be willing because I said yes to God, not yes to her. I said yes to God. I said, listen, if I'm not for you, it's okay. All I want for you to is be happy. And if that's not with me, I would rather you be happy without me than be, be miserable with me. And so I'm willing to let you go. And then she says this statement to me on the phone, can I just have a little bit of time to pray about it? Well, y'all don't know what that means to me, but I know what that means to me. That means God's working on her, yes, when she's still saying no. And so I had to be willing to place her in God's hands. Yes, God, you can have her. I can't change her mind. Only you can deal with her. But God, if she comes back at the end of this thing and tells me no, God, I'm still trusting you because I said yes. She calls me back on a Thanksgiving afternoon and says, can we talk? Yeah. I said, I'm sorry. I just was scared. A year later, we're married. Twelve years later, we got four amazing, wonderful, wild <laughs> kids. Why? Not for any other reason, but that I said, do you think me preaching gave me four beautiful kids? You mean being a pastor gave me, I could, I could go work a regular job. Mr. Dwayne's been trying to hire me to do concrete for the last six months. I could, do, I could go do concrete. The job doesn't bring me the blessing. It was my yes. But that yes brought about the next phase, and that was the servant's heart. I've shared this, and I, I, I promise I, I had more, but I'm not going to get into it. We'll get into it next week. Years ago, I'd come in here, and I still do it every once in a while. I'd come in here and straighten the chairs because I got mad OCD. It's really awkward, and it's Lord's working on me. Y'all pray for your pastor. And, and, and uh, I come in here and straighten the chairs, and one of my former staff members comes in. And he goes, Pastor, you think you'll ever get to a point where you stop straightening the chairs? I said, I'm not straightening chairs. See, most people see it as straightening chairs. I see it as preparing a place for God's people to come so that they can receive what they have, what he has for them. See, what you don't know is while I'm straightening chairs, I'm praying. Say, God, whoever sits in this chair, God, that you would do the greatest work in this. See, here's the thing. If you think anything is above you, you don't have a servant's heart. You have your own heart. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to scrub toilets. I don't like scrubbing toilets. Maybe you need to let God touch you so you can scrub toilets. Oh, no, 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 let me help you with this real quick. I started scrubbing toilets in ministry. I wanted to be a pastor. My pastor handed me a toilet brush and scrubbed toilets. I let him say, that's not what I asked for. He said, you got to start somewhere. Because this was his statement to me. If you can't clean up their poop, you'll never be able to help them clean up their lives. And in the process of me serving building bathrooms, laying carpet, being a janitor, scrubbing toilets, I wrote 32 sermons before I ever preached my first one. 
had no idea that scrubbing toilets is where God would perfect me. God, I scrubbed toilets my whole life growing up as a kid in the house. I couldn't do it there. No, because you were mad about it every time you had to do it. <laughs> oh, mom. Well, I gotta. See, here's the truth of it. A servant's heart doesn't complain. A servant's heart says, this is not a ploy to get you to serve in the church. A servant's heart has a greater desire than anything. So, so, so let me close service this way. Because this is not an altar call moment. This is us choosing to step outside. Troy, I need an offering bucket right here. Laura Savoy, I need you right here. No one knows I'm doing this, but I'm operating in the move of God. God called me to be a servant. $700, $800, that goes to your AC unit. Hold on, hold on, don't you dare clap. Don't, do not. Pastor gave up his money, praise God. I didn't do this, you could clap. You don't know this. Laura sent me a text message via the prayer request on the, on the website. She said, Pastor, my AC has gone out. I don't know what I'm going to do. Trying to make things work, trying to be, trying to make his meet. This is what she said to me. She said, I'm not asking for anything. I'm just going to trust God. You don't know this. I have been following you, finding out where we were in this whole thing. And I find out last week that the people that you bought a policy through would not warranty your AC unit. So now she's living in the home with her children with no AC. It's, it's weekly moving. You know where I'm headed, so you might as well just get ready. Because here's the truth of it. Yes, and a servant's heart means you don't serve your own purpose. You serve that others might be blessed and that God will be faithful to you through you being willing to be a blessing to others. But pastor, I don't have it. Watch this, because I know this to be true. When you give, when you don't think you have, God opens up doorways that you couldn't kick open yourself. Oh, no, he's already speaking to some of you. You're moving, you're moving, you're moving. Good, 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 good. That's what I'm wanting. Because in just a moment, we're going to start to deal with the problem. You didn't ask for this, did you? Don't be mad at me. Pastor, why are we doing this? Because this is the church. But, Pastor, I have needs, I have needs. Hold on. Stop. Well, why is he going to do it for her? I've got, I've got a broken AC. See, God, Jesus, help me. Judah, do I not tell you this? When you can celebrate someone else's blessings, God brings his greatest blessings. Because my kids, that kids, your kids probably do this too. We go to the store, Hope gets something, and Judah goes, say, bro. Hold up. And I always tell him, Trust God. Be excited about her blessing. God will reward you. Then what happens? God moves on daddy's heart and his pocketbook. And I end up in your room getting you a video game that you've been wanting. You're like, dad, dad, you're so cool. And I do do it for cool points. But what he does is then God instructs me to bless him. Because he didn't look for the blessing, the blessing found him. You see what I'm getting at here? You have needs. I have needs. Let's be honest. That hurts. But God. But God. Now, if you you don't have to give that, that's, that's between you and God. I'm not trying to force you to do anything. But I want you to see something bigger than what you've been seeing. 
How do we get to well done, thou good and faithful servant? You've been faithful with the little. God will make you rule over much. You better deal with the little. Stop waiting for the much. Move in the little and watch the much that shows up in your life. Because God will work it out on your behalf. Say yes. Be a servant. Everybody stand to your feet.